0: Hey, uh, welcome to Blank Bodies. Um, it's great having Thank you on. Yeah. So I have today with me Kirby, the creator of Cru- a, uh, crust punk RPG. Um, saw, actually saw the ad on Instagram and checked it out and it was super up our alley what we do here. So I wanted to reach out and have you on.
1: Cool. I'm glad that ad worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is, would be, uh, Tell us a little bit about the game, and I know it's still in development, so your goals for that, and kind of your inspiration behind it.
1: Yeah, so it kind of started as a four-page OSR zine, and it has turned into a significantly larger game, um, but um, definitely inspired heavily from the Year Zero system. Okay. I really like the way the Dice Pool system in Year Zero works. You can see behind me my collection of Free League games, uh, but I yeah I'm a big big fan of dice pool originally the game was significantly different than it is now um but it is essentially a monster hunter kind of game I'm gonna put a heavy emphasis on um exploration like world exploration um a lot of it is going to be generated just on the fly from tables in the book a lot I'm not really going to have a world map or anything it's just kind of kind of be open open open-ended as far as exploration um but yeah I just the the idea came to to us as a joke. Um, I was trying to come up with some idea to write a write a role-playing game. It was gonna be the first one I wrote. My girlfriend was like, Cross Punk's in space. And I was like, that's the title of my game. And <laughs> we just went with it real hard for like months. Um, and it's gone through a dozen iterations point. Um, but we finally kind of reached a spot where we were like, okay, we got like a really good solid base here. Let's put out like an Ashcan version of the game with some of the basics, let some people that aren't our friends play test it and see what happens so yeah
0: yeah um so i've only checked out the uh original 10 page version you put out um i stayed recording you released a new update um but i know you said that was focused mostly on like guns and uh travel mechanics
1: yeah so it's just a two-page real simple two-page update the one one page really the uh it just has a couple expanded combat actions just shooting and there's a full action for aim increase your hit range and then um crafting molotov cocktails in combat and throwing them and then some simple really stripped down travel mechanics um basically just how to handle recovery at night and then i've included three guns in there uh an anti-cop shotgun a pistol and this cool thing i called the circle pit which is basically a melee cannon <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, but we have i'm really excited i'm not gonna incl- you know I, the ash all the updates of the ash are gonna be very stripped down um but i am really excited about the final product because we have probably two dozen weapons like unique weapons created for this game am- among like uh you know a variety of other like s- standard ones like crowbars and shovel hammers and stuff like that um but it's been very fun coming out, especially the gun part. I've been very heavily in- influenced from uh, like Fallout and Unreal Tournament and games like that.
0: So a uh, question uh, that I've kind of been turning over because I'm actually working on writing my first adventure that's going to end up getting published. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing the first play test for it right now and writing for something that I'm going to put out and act- and have available to the public is a much different approach than writing for like my friend as a, which I've been doing for years but like getting up to the release level it's a lot different how did you approach that for this you said it's your first so
1: yeah um this was so I I made I made a dozen mistakes and I'll I'll happily ex- talk about them um uh I kind of I, I didn't know what I was doing when I started this I had i had only I had started playing D&D like maybe eight eight or nine years ago. And um, three years ago, I kind of just gave up on it. I just was tired of playing it. And I didn't really want to play anything related to it. And then maybe two years ago, I picked up a couple of games. And now I have a big collection. I've been playing for a while. But I was like, I didn't know anything about the actual industry or writing or any of that stuff. So I just was, I was just going at it. And uh, it was definitely a mistake to do that um i didn't i should i should have done a lot more research on how like playtest packets come out and how certain things are laid out and the the, the, the layout of a game not just the actual physical layout or the, the visual but the actual layout of the text is very important but i yeah i and i'm sure you're aware of that but that was something that I just completely blindsided me. Um, so I, I, there was a lot of learning on my end in that, in that regard. Um, but publishing things for the public is definitely, I don't find it to be, I mean, I've got a couple of games that have come out on Exalted Funeral that are like smaller um, indie, kind of indie games, smaller little zine games and things. Um, but they are, you know, they, it's been a, it's a bit different, but it's not, in my opinion, all that much different. I think it's just more organizing things properly for the reader who you, like I'm assuming the person has no idea what I'm talking about when I'm writing these things. Whereas when I'm at my table with my friends, I can explain it over and over again to them or they can just assume that they, I can assume that they are under- understanding what I'm saying because I know that. Um, I think that might be the main difference probably in publication as far as public consumption versus a. T-
0: okay i like that um and it is hard because uh i'm writing specifically for vampire the masquerade um and there is that balancing of that act of like assuming your audience knows like the core rule book and but maybe they don't you don't know, need to reference certain things or yeah so I yeah find...
1: that's that's a big thing that i have i have run into was assuming that people know what I'm talking about. And my first game that got published, I actually had that problem. Um, And I've had a couple of people actually contact me in private message. Hey, I need like serious clarification on these rules. Like I love this game, but like, I don't really understand this. And I'm like, all right, from here on out, like for smaller things, smaller projects, I'm going to include like lengthy examples on how things work. Um, And that's actually interesting. I was discussing this in a, a discord call last night with, in regards to the actual final product of crust and how um, I was including these pretty lengthy examples for things that weren't so important because I was so concerned about the perception of a reader. And a couple of my friends were like, bro, you do not need to do that. Like there are things that you absolutely should put long examples for things that are not common, but like I had a very, I was writing long examples for how dice pools work. And it was, my friend was like, You don't need to do that because people can read the rules and they're like, okay, that's how a dice pool works. You don't need to write a three paragraph (laughs) story about how how the dice pool is being used in the game, Um, which is great because I didn't want to have that in there, but I was feeling like I had to. Um, But yeah,
0: Um, another question for you, Um, obviously, uh, Crust very uh, thematic uh, in the art, the story stuff um how involved are you in like the punk scene in and of itself
1: i used to be very um i have not been at all really in the past probably a couple years i had a kid two years ago and that year before with the pregnancy was kind of like the end of me going to shows (laughs) um but before that you know i was was pretty involved it wasn't um as involved most of the crusties and just punks in general but crusties i know Definitely not as involved as I wish I was, but I feel like we're kind of getting to the end of the pandemic, and I think I might be back out there and start doing some stuff again. I'd like to get involved in Foods not Bom- Food Not Bombs. Um, got, a couple, got a couple chapters, or uh, I think I think we have two chapters here in Philly. Um,
0: oh, you're uh, in yeah. Philly? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm out in Indiana, so it is. Oh, nice. But uh, I used to play a ton of bands. I know I mentioned it, too, in a message, but... I used to actually run like a house venue with two of the other hosts on the show. So cool. um. That's awesome. Definitely experienced like the full range of good and bad, uh, crusty experiences from,
1: <laughs> yeah, having yeah. a guy
0: OD&P himself on the couch to like people donating food to the homeless, and
1: yeah,
0: so luckily no one died, but
1: that's that's good. <laughs>
0: at, it, still, we've had some pretty bad situations throwing a couple couches out, that kind yeah. of thing, but yeah, I, I think the theme is really. Uh, comes through really well. In the at least the first ten pages I read.
1: That's good. Yeah, I mean we've got like the whole we've got like a character aesthetic pages that we didn't I didn't include in the ash can um we're we're going to work on them a little bit more and then there's uh, a series of questions to kind of help the players develop their backgrounds with each other um because that's kind of another focus is crusties stick together they hang out they travel together so i kind of wanted to have that be a part of like the backgrounds all of the all of the all of the uh character development questions in the beginning of the game are kind of collective um uh-huh. so it's kind of yeah just like the theme isn't that imp- um, like the uh, the aesthetic part isn't that important, um, but it is kind of it, like partially it's it's like a joke about my own friends and like kind of punching down a little bit just because I used to be there. But I do love those people, too. And, and that that lifestyle is important in theory. But, yeah, I like
0: that clarification in theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know yeah no um i've i've played philly a couple times it's a very different city than indianapolis i mean you probably could guess but um the the scene there was a lot more interesting i noticed i always noticed it felt a little more closed off than a lot of places like if you weren't from there you know like even you're playing a show there and people wouldn't were kind of guarded Mm -hmm. and it was very, felt insular. Which... Yeah,
1: the basement venues here are definitely, uh, even being from Philly and knowing people in the scene, going to basement venues sometimes was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, you walk in, there's like 16 people in the basement, and you go in there with your one friend, and they're like, everybody just like, like all right. But I've, I've, played a, I've played a bunch of shows, and it's, it's always fucking fun regardless i
0: oh i definitely definitely missed that a little bit uh just with the pandemic and everything i ended up leaving my last band like oh boy we get to play one outdoor summer show this summer practice once a week for that and i kind of just kind of just killed it for me yeah Uh, we'll see what happens when things get back going
1: yeah i'm excited too too i've got a couple of projects i was i was working on um with some friends i was in a, a drone like a doom drone project and did some harsh noise with a couple of friends. I'm actually hoping to uh, record a cross tape for this game. I want to record a four track record for like actually themed after the, the theme of the game, like the uh, the lore of the game a little bit, but still be kind of like open-ended. But I got to get my friends to actually call me back. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: that's that's always the tough part uh i was actually playing in a beat band before this and then uh played some power violence i was in like a oh, nice. punk band for a while nice i um, know after this i've been talking to a friend about maybe trying industrial stuff I that's got. that's
1: an, that's on my on my list i the the noise project that we're doing the drone thing is on the edge of industrial and i like really want to just like push into. yeah i would i
0: ended up buying a synth during the pandemic so sitting around anyway so i was like well might as well learn this so (laughs) i got downloaded that pirated some an audio dawn just started making stuff nothing i'd probably show anybody yet but yeah it's getting there
1: that's (laughs) awesome (laughs) Uh,
0: so um you mentioned uh you started playing like eight eight eight-ish years ago uh, how did you end up getting into tabletop? Games?
1: Uh so my buddy Jason um just invited me to play at their table. He was playing Princes of the Apocalypse, I think, at the time. Um and he and his friends, I was fr- I, I knew them. I know them all. But um he this specific group of people, they had actually been playing since like OD&D, like the the original and um it was kind of cool to play with them because the one guy at the table actually helped write fourth edition he worked for uh wizards at the time and he was one of the like lead writers of the game um and they were all play testers in that too so it was cool to play with them but um yeah i, I don't know I, as much as i loved D, still have a i still have a place in my heart for it even though i don't own any of the books anymore i sold them all. <laughs> um I, I i just something about it just never was like this is great it was just like this is fun um and then yeah a couple years ago i just kind of was like i think i you know i played edge of the empire um i think it was very soon after i had just started playing D, and the uh, the difference in game style of those two games just like blew my mind, and I, I was I was new to the entire world of, of tabletop, so that that was so unique to me, and I didn't know that. Um, and then yeah, probably three years ago, I stopped playing D anD stopped playing games altogether, and then I really wanted to play some games with my friends online when the pandemic started. So I bought Fantasy Age and started playing that, and I really liked, and then it like, fell in and <laughs> and just started just buying every game I could come across. And, you know, I haven't read all the ones on my shelf, but I've read probably half of them at least and I've played a third of them. Um, And I just I love it. The the world of TTRPGs is just like endless. It's such a great place to be for for me anyway
0: no i think it's a great space and i'm i'm kind of the same way i have a habit of buying books that i know i'll never play but it's like oh but maybe i can steal this for some from this for another game that's why i tell myself anyway yeah but i I like that i've never uh played fantasy
1: Fantasy age is really good uh and it was kind of the game that started my like the wheels turning for crust really um and still now there's things from fantasy age that i I'm using, but the main thing was bell curves, which I didn't ever think of when playing you know just a d20 system and then playing a game with a bell curve where you're just your characters will relatively always be average and it's like that's good why wouldn't you want that like that that mechanic the, the, I guess it's like the way that they they develop the mechanic or I didn't develop a bell curve but you know what I mean the, the way that they use this this system to um add to the narrative of the of the game like it, it uh cohesively works together it's not just like I roll a d20 and I'm a level 19 wizard, but I rolled a one when I tried to cast a spell that I've been casting for 35 years you know like a, that never sits right with um but yeah i i really like the way that the system works and um it's got some it's got cool a cool magic system i really like the way that it has subclasses that's a big fan of three main classes it just has like a ton of different subclasses and customize your character doesn't is cool system I just went on a little tangent there
0: <laughs> no no I, I think it's super interesting i had a kind of a similar experience i would say Uh, learning the newest edition of Vampire V5. Uh, they kind of simplified it down to it's all d10s. Mm -hmm. Uh, six or above is a success. Pairs of crits float. so they double, and then there's some failure mechanics and stuff. But like just realizing, okay, so each the better I get at the skill, I get one more dice. So that's another fifty percent chance to get a success. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the mechanics really clicked with me. I think the problem with d and d is there's so much math. It's so much like probability math that even if you're building your character and you're putting dots and skills where they go, you're still like, okay, well what's really the difference between a 16 and a seven?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing that I was trying to avoid. And I, I, I I had at fault in the beginning of the development of cross two was originally I had it as a 2d six plus modifier system. Um, Mildly PBTA, Except it wasn't really a fail-forward system. It was, which was one of the main faults of it at the time. Um, uh, and one of the early playtests of that had a player for three hours failed every roll. And because he, in in uh, in character creation, he rolled relatively poorly. He had like one stat that had a plus one modifier, and everything else was zeros or minuses. So yeah. Three hours, failed every single roll. And the next day, I scrapped every single thing in the page uh, in the book. And I was like, we're starting over. We're doing a dice pool system, going to make this much more simple. And similar with Vampire. I mean, I've actually never read or played Vampire, um, but uh, I have wanted to time. Um, But uh, I have exploding, well, not kind of exploding crits, um, doubles, triples, and quadruples, whatever in Crust will basically compound damage. And I do plan to include crit tables, kind of like what DCC has. Okay. Um, a, a little bit not I'm not gonna go five hundred pages of crit tables, but <laughs> 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 but, but uh, I think I'm gonna include some small like uh, almost like narrative crit tables that will just add like debuffs like that. Um, and then the modifiers will modifiers basically add to your dice pool just i try to keep it as simple as possible um and then i do plan to have like a talents like a, a really simple like talent perk system a little bit similar to mothership um i don't know if you've read mothership i have not i've heard good things about it but mothership is spectacular um i just ran a level zero funnel the day for four players 50 player characters Oh, and wow. only eight of them survived at the end. <laughs> it was <laughs> so much fun. Um, but the talent system in, in uh, Mothership is basically three-tiered. It's like trained expert and master and there's a big list of trained and then there's a smaller list of expert and a smaller list of master and each one increases your percentage because it's a percent or a percentile um but i'm going to do something kind of similar where i'm going to have like perks that you can pick that will just give you a plus one die to a specific action like lock picking. you choose that one anytime you pick on a physical lock you get a plus one to your roll. Something. am okay. um, trying to keep it as simple as possible. But I also, yeah, I'm a big fan of rolling handfuls of dice. I like Warhammer. <laughs>
0: but, oh, um, I, I was going to say, I love big pools of dice. We talked about too, Vampire, you can get some big ones. One of our favorites is always Shadowrun. I don't know if you've ever played any.
1: I've never played or read or I, I vaguely know about Shadowrun's style. Um, because I listen to Fandible, and they play Shadowrunner. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know anything other than just what I've heard on a podcast. I don't really know much about it.
0: Yeah, it, it's also a uh, dice pool game, but if you stat your characters and build them to do, like, specific things, you'll be rolling, like, you can get up to, like, 10, 15 dice on, like, a combat roll if you stack stuff properly. So, I, I'm def- yeah, i definitely a big fan of just getting, like, a big Hunk of dice out and being like, all right, let's get the paper out. Let's figure this
1: out. Yeah, that was kind of and and, and that's kind of one of the things that I was aiming for in combat with crust two was I don't think you'll ever really roll like a ton of dice. I think even with some of the perks that might give you some bonuses here or there, you'll probably roll like seven seven or um, there is like the skill share mechanic, so you can steal some dice from a dice pool and add that. So like at max five, use them all in all. Um, but. The I have like the the mod action and the the now in the update I've added aim for shooting and when you roll and take that action every success decreases the the uh, the die face required for a hit so taking the action instantly reduces five so you need normally you would need a six for a success but now if you take the aim action on your next turn a five and a six are both successes and they they count as crits together if you rolled a five and a six that's a double um, but. Depending on what your dice pool is when you roll on that action, you can decrease that number all the way down to one. So on your next turn, you can roll six dice and they all are successes. So you could be rolling like a a sextuple critical and you end up rolling six times damage shot or something like that. So it's kind of kind of similar. Um,
0: So you've been uh, you mentioned you've been playtesting this. Uh, What's your playtesting style like for creating a whole system? I know when I've been doing like adventures, I have it broken up into, Mm -hmm. and then I kind of sit people down, play through a scene, time how long I think it should be, see what goes wrong, fix that, and then move on to the next part. So I've been running in like smaller, like hour or so chunks. I don't Just so I can kind of focus on bit by bit. Do you kind of run games where you focus? All right, I'm going to kind of focus mostly on combat now, or?
1: Um, You're definitely more organized than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I definitely just kind of like wing it like I, I as far because that's my GMing style anyway, um, I will come up with like a simple plot hook and maybe a couple ideas I'll, if I'm doing something that I know I'm planning like a play test. I'll come up with a dungeon Um, for crust. I've got a couple like pre-made done, just like kind of reusing and recycling as I play test, but changing what's in. them. But that's kind of the focus was in the past, at least for the past three months or so has just been trying to really hone in on the combat mechanic. Um, The other things in the game, I think so far work pretty well. The downtime mechanics, I've got quite a few. I've got like dumpster diving and busking. And uh, there is a dice game that I made for like game. And I am planning to add some more things. I'm thinking about throwing like tattooing in there just for fun um and if i can come up with this but the last the last playtest i did went way further than i thought it would with the players just really like digging into the simple things that i had written down and just creating like a humongous story out of all this stuff which made me feel really confident in where those things were um but for the most part yeah i just kind of have been focusing on combat lately um I am completely revamping the traveling, the hex crawl system to be more um, I don't know, destination crawl kind of thing. Uh I haven't really worked out that. I had I have a hel- I have a whole hex crawl system that I play tested pretty extensively and it works pretty well, but I kind of decided a couple of you know, actually I was gonna come, not nix it, but just revamp the entire thing to turn into like a point crawl because I'm kind of changing the game's style a little bit more to be focused on travel okay. instead of you know originally it was like you're in this place you go out and you travel and you do things you kill shit in dungeons come across monsters and then you go back to the settlement whatever but now I'm kind of like moving away from that And I'm moving more into getting back into the mindset of being a crusty and hopping on a boxcar. And like, what would that be like on a hostile planet where there isn't really a ton of places to just safely be? So we actually have some vehicles that we're adding um, that'll be in the final version of this that can be like upgraded um, as basically like a mobile base um, to kind of help with that part of the traveling thing where it's going to be like uh, you can get like a VW bus or an actual school bus or a big box truck. And yeah, so there's kind of like that's I ramble a little bit, but <laughs> oh,
0: no, I, was, I always I thought that was super interesting when I was touring in bands and booking shows, you'd always see other bands and what they'd travel in. Like I knew some guys who built like the back of their like big cargo van. They just had like three tiers of uh, beds in the back and you'd have to open the back doors and like climb in like a bunk bed. But it was only, you could only get in from the backside, And then you're just like, all right, you're sleeping. It's like pitch black in there other than your phone. And you know, people would build stuff like that. I know at one point we, uh, the guy who was playing bass for us had quit. So we didn't have his van anymore. So we were touring in uh, my Honda Civic. So that was
1: oh man, super
0: fun. That was nothing but guitars, cymbals, a snare, and like amp heads.
1: Oh, God. Just, like, that sounds like a nightmare. Well, we
0: booked this tour and he quit like a month ago, so... Um, Figure it out.
1: I went on tour managing my friend's uh, art rock band across the entirety of the eastern and midwestern United States for about three weeks. And they had a we rented a like a small like 10 pass 12 passenger like Dodge van and oh my god that was a nightmare they had there's six people in the band and they brought everything except for the drum kit so like the you know amps and everything and it was all packed in this small little van six people and then me
0: <laughs> it was worse i uh, think the worst tour we ever did was an air-conditioned uh van from about uh i would say north carolina through like texas was pretty miserable. It was like midsummer. Just all the windows <laughs> down. We're like, dude, can you please drive 90? We're sweating back here, oh like God. just trying to get them to speed up to get the wind moving. Oh,
1: we went, we were in the winter and we were up in Michigan in a snowstorm, and that was horrible. And we pulled down through Cleveland and we ended up stopping at the Cleveland Motel which we looked up Yelp reviews the next day after we left <laughs> and holy shit. It was like only two people stayed in the, in, in the motel room. Everybody else, we, we just slept in the van. It was, it was terrible, terrible. There was a guy in a firefighter uniform. I'm not even kidding you. Three in the morning, walking, acro- walking through the lot, knocking on people's doors, selling meth <laughs> it was, it, it, it was in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> we were, this was, it was like insane we were like fuck
0: starring <laughs> in the snow was awful we played it was terrible we played a fest up in north dakota um we had a guy who was playing bass for us a while i'm in indiana he lived in north dakota and he was playing in the band so we're just all right everyone get in the car go to one place and then we'll go from there but we played a fest up there And it was in uh, December is like two weeks before Christmas. So we're driving uh, me and the drummer from like northern Indiana up. And by the time we get up there, it snowed bad enough that the snow was higher on the sides of the road than our van. And like it almost looked like that Star Wars uh, scene where they're driving through the Death Star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But all you see is white for like hours and occasionally like a stop sign that someone had like brushed off <laughs> oh, you yeah. lost track of time we'd be like trying to like keep track of how many albums we'd listen to and it was mind numbing after a while
1: I drove through North, I think North Dakota one time and I I will never ever do that again <laughs> it, was the, it was the width of it too, it was hours of just emptiness oh, sorry to anybody from North Dakota that's <laughs> <laughs> listening to this <laughs>
0: i always i always keep in my pocket if i talk shit about anyone else's city or state just remember i'm from indiana so i'm sure you can think yeah. of something way worse to say about us yeah
1: i'm from philly you can feel free to just talk shit about me that's fine
0: We will say i had one of the worst experiences in my life when i was in philly but that's not a uh, philly's fault
1: it probably is philly's fault
0: <laughs> <laughs> so actually a pretty fun story now but uh we had played a show and we booked like a tour this guy, the booking a package for another band and asked us to hop. So we get there, we play. We had a day off, went to a show. That's where I talk about it's kind of awkward because we just like knew a guy who was supposed to be there, and he like told us he's like if anyone asks, just tell him you know me. And like everyone was just like everyone asked who we were They're like okay, I guess one guy like texted him to make sure we weren't making it up. It was yeah odd experience. So like. We're like, all right, let's just go get some food. We left like halfway through and we're leaving, walking back to our friend's house we're crashing at. And I just like pass out. And I guess I had like a seizure on the sidewalk. Oh, no. Um, it turns out I just had like some hormone problems. Uh, I'm fine now. But uh, I guess someone had called an ambulance and they immediately assumed that I was just ODing and didn't want to deal with me. Yep. And I was like in such a mood that they asked me my name and I refused to tell them. And then eventually I just yelled, my name is Don Johnson and I'm not going fucking anywhere. And then just climbed in the back of our (laughs) tour van. And they're like, well, we can't do anything and just left.
1: Yeah, that's actually a problem in Philly with EMTs and police, um, especially near where I live, is if people are ODing, they will, if you call the EMTs and say this person is ODing, the time that they will show up, is significantly longer than if you just say there's a person that just had a heart attack on the street so they've actually uh, like the the narcan training and stuff like that they'll actually tell you if you're calling an emt not to to say something else happened to the person so that they'll show up faster because they just don't give a fuck it's really sad
0: i have some friends or well one guy specifically now Um, But he's an EMT down in Louisville, and uh, it's pretty rough down there too. I don't. I used to have like Narcan stuff at our old house. Now that I don't even have a house venue, I think I just gave it away. But but yeah, I think that that was my Philly experience. Welcome to Philly. Yeah, let's see. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. One, is there anything else you wanna touch
1: on? Uh, I don't know. Planning. Uh, so I'm planning to continue to release some updates for for Crust in the coming. Uh, the final release of the game. I'm hoping for doing a Kickstarter in March. Okay. Um, which I'm nervous about, but uh, I think, uh, I think, I think we're going to be able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm really excited about, I mean, just in general, uh, regardless, even if this, even if the game completely bombs, I'm like, I'm hype about it because uh, it's, it's a, it's a really cool game in my, and I'm having a ton of fun writing it and playing it with my friends. So that's the most important part. Yeah. Um, And you know, my girlfriend is the main artist, all the artwork in the ash can and all the artwork for all of our games, um, not just crust, but anything else is all done by her. And she's absolutely fantastic. Um, And I'm really excited to see the final product because we've got so much stuff that we're planning that isn't even remotely touched on in the ash can. So yeah, any, I mean, any other games that we're writing or working on, you can find on my itch and got some, got some things, I think coming out on Exalted Funeral and physical printing soon. Um I'm just kind of like moving into self-promo here, but <laughs> oh no, that's fine. Um, yeah.
0: Uh you mentioned Kickstarter. Do you plan on doing like a physical release or are you going to oh, yeah. try and okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's the main goal from that that's what this so the the ash can money um I'm putting into like a, a a, not a savings account, but I'm just leaving. I'm, I'm t- not touching that. And I'm going to use that for um, paying an editor for the final product and then buying some advanced copies to test, to see how it looks, the you know physical copies. And then um, using some of that for a little bit of like advanced money for any of the Kickstarter rewards that we're going to have out. Um, but yeah, I do plan to do a hardcover. I'm hoping uh hardcover, depending on the size of the book. I, I, in my estimation now, it's probably going to be about a hundred pages. Um, it could be a lot less depending on how much I decide to condense or just move or shrink or whatever, you know, but um, I think probably between 80 and hundred pages is probably reasonable. Um, and yeah, i yeah, I, every, every day I come up with new things for it and I'm like, should I, or should I just put that in something else? <laughs> that's the only problem
0: (laughs) oh yeah i'm the same way i've got i keep like a little uh, like moleskin notebook on me at all times and i'll just start writing ideas down and then i'll sit down to like go over my notes and i was like well this has nothing to do with the adventure i'm writing yeah this is like i'm not going to develop a new like system to add to someone else's game so we're putting (laughs) that idea aside but so I kind of just like chuck all my ideas in a big pot and then go back there and be like, nope, nope, maybe later. So yeah. I get, it it is kind of hard till you get closer to the end to be like, okay, this is what it's actually gonna envelop
1: yeah yeah i've definitely had to get rid of things that i really wanted because they just didn't work or they just didn't feel like they fit the vibe um there's things in there now that it probably won't be at, at the final and the final product but um yeah right now i'm i'm very happy with the ash can I think people are liking it I'm loving it <laughs>
0: uh and then oh if uh you're one of our patreon we're gonna have a pdf for you guys to check out on the page um and if people have some free time maybe we can get some like little games going on our Server too. We have a couple like games channels. I've been doing playtest. Uh, I think my roommate's trying to do a "Powered by the Apocalypse" port of the Half Life universe.
1: Oh wow, that sounds cool.
0: Yeah, it. Uh, he's got a. He think he's at like ten pages of like setting writing. And oh, that's cool. So we'll okay. We'll, we'll see what he does with that. But
1: I might need an invite to your server. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cool.
0: Absolutely um but yeah um i suppose we're hitting about that time uh thanks for coming on i know yeah. it's kind
1: of short notice but no thank you so much for having me it's awesome
0: yeah um and maybe we'll have you on again closer to the uh kickstarter
1: yeah that'd be that'd be awesome i'd love that
0: cool uh well unless you have anything else uh i think that's uh that's an interview right there sick uh